Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the In and Out Show. We are here. Season two. Fresh look. Fresh start. We're so excited. Today, we're talking about something very important. God's providence, man's free will. How does it all work together? And so we have a great guest, a great topic. Enjoy today's show. Well, hello. Welcome to the In Doubt Show. Uh, we are so grateful that you are joining us. Listen, we are excited about season two. We have lots of really fun things going on. Uh, the last couple of weeks, we did some highlights of season one, some of our favorite parts. And uh, we are here today. Season two, a fresh start. We're so excited about it. Uh, we have some new segments. You obviously see this uh, phone behind me, which we're going to try in just a few moments. Uh, but uh, it's going to be a good time. I'm really excited. Chris, how are you? I'm great. Yeah? I'm really I excited. Mean, you look you look fantastic. Oh. That bear thanks. sweater. I figured kick season just, two uh, off with a... that bear sweater is unbelievable. Sorry I'm late, guys. Oh wait. Whoa. Oh. You you start you started without me. Um, you, what are you doing here? What? Well this the show. Like I'm You don't work here anymore. <laughs> oh. Oh right. Yeah, the season one was your Oh, I mean, you're, um, you're here. I got, I got nothing else to do today. Cause it, can I stay? You know what? I mean, I mean I'm fine. With you, yeah. you cool with it? Yeah. I'm no one else showed up for it. So yeah, that's great. I yeah. mean, that, that's, I don't want to invite myself. I, no, I mean, it's almost providential. I would say oh, yeah. we didn't have someone in third chair. Oh, this is fantastic. Actually, <laughs> hey, this is amazing. Yeah. Wow. Like <laughs> praise the Lord. This Good is, to this see is, you guys. This is yeah. great. How have Good you been? You. Great. Yeah. What have you been up to? Done. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Work slow. Work slow. Just been <laughs> yeah. Sitting around waiting for the show to start again, which <laughs> apparently I'm not a part of anymore. Oh, no, you are. <laughs> you will kidding. always be a part of it. Hey, before we dive into stuff, I want to let you guys know about this resource right here, uh, The Freedom of Self-Forgetfulness. Uh, this is a Tim Keller book. Uh, it is a free resource for the month of September. If you go to indoubt.ca slash store, you can get it. The promo code is TKP2023. And so fantastic read. Uh, they're going very, very fast. I believe uh, so, So yeah. uh, hopefully you can get on right away, grab a copy before they're all gone. But back to Chris's sweater. Because oh, geez, I, I we really, no, we are not past that, man. I love because that. I yeah, love that sweater. But you said there's a little bit of a story behind it. Oh, yeah, I guess so. Um, so we homeschool. Yes. And we're kicking off our school year, September. Uh, with a unit on national parks. Uh -huh. and so my wife decided there happens to be a s local store that's rather super. That <laughs> okay, we won't name is, names. Uh, has this current, I guess, I don't know what you call it. Just parks what they're selling. Theme? Yeah, yeah, parks theme. theme yeah. yeah. So everyone got a different sweater. Yes, we all got different national park sweaters. I actually so, really like it. I, I like I, the I color like choice. Yeah, yeah, I like oh, everything about it. I wasn't sure uh, if it was work appropriate, but apparently everyone has said that. Uh, I think it's, I guess you can get away with wearing bears. It should be standard. Actually, yeah, that's the difference. Standardized between me and Chris. I never asked. <laughs> <laughs> Is this work appropriate? <laughs> everyone I worked. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. Um. Hey. So, uh, we we got some good stuff we want to talk about today, mm -hmm. and it's something that I've been thinking a lot about, and it's kind of ironic that you came here, and because we're talking about God's providence, I think about it a lot. And I think it's specifically just times are tough. You think of inflation. You think of, you know, I hear young people saying, I'll never be able to afford a home ever again. And even parents are saying, you know, for the first time in however many years, 
we feel like the next generation, our kids, are actually going to be worse off mm. than we were in mm. a lot of in a lot of ways. And so there's that. There's hardship. There's just a lot of stuff, and even in my family with sickness and uh, different things. And so it just makes me ask the question about God's providence. God is God actually in control of everything all the time? Uh, you know, my wife and I even talk about just the back and forth of you know free will compared to God controlling everything. So we it's just a, it's a conversation that a lot of people um, generationally ask and wonder about and go to Scripture to find, okay, what does the Bible say about um, providence? And so um, we've been thinking about that a lot. And um, what, do you, what, what, do you, what is your guys' take on it? I know some people, there's different theologies. Some people think, you know, there's like a set it and forget it God where God just sets everything up and then he says, you know, see you later, enjoy. Yeah. Or there's people who say, no, there's actually every intricate detail of nature, creation, mm. which is more where I would lean. Um, God is in control. What are your guys' thoughts? One thing that I've always kind of wrestled with was like, I mean, a lot of theologians that I follow, uh, uh, specifically like someone like Nathan from Theosophy, I don't know if you know what that is, but if you know what that is, you'll understand what I'm talking about. Um, his whole thing is like where does god's providence and and man's responsibility begin kind of thing and then so i don't know for like the calvinist for example that would be that line would be a lot lower um and then versus like uh someone who uh believes in like an arminian th theology mm -hmm. um yeah that line would be pushed higher interesting um but yeah it's it's tough it's a tough one to navigate yeah Chris, you'd be probably more on the... More in line with, I mean, I think the word, and we might hear it often today, is meticulously. Yes, yes, um, yes. Yeah. Meticulously that, sovereign. It, yeah. I mean, I don't know if you can read your Bible faithfully without coming across that. And yes, it's just, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. God's and, hand is in every yes. little thing. Yeah. Yes. Where I would... Yeah, I feel like I would land there too, and it does yeah. give me great comfort. Yeah, uh, when when we when we land on that way, but you know we have this new phone. Yes, and uh, we talked about it a lot in season one, where we will have you know direct access to Dr. John Newfeld. Who, honestly, there are a lot of Bible teachers out there, and I mean it when I say this that he is my favorite Bible teacher. Uh, and we go way back; we're friends for a long, long time. But I thought you know if we can find access to him. Uh, maybe we'd be able to call him direct line and uh, he can give us some answers. Yeah. That'd be so great. we've never actually tested this. Um, Wait, so you're telling me that phone is a hotline to John's phone? This is, yeah, yeah. Just direct access. That's its whole purpose. That's the only number. Huh. Crazy. Should, do you think we should? Might as well try it. We've been dreaming about this for a long time. Yeah, that's right. I feel I'd like say go for it. Should yeah, I try I mean, it? Yeah. I guess I, I'm so. going to try it. How much did it cost us? Uh, you, don't, you don't want to know. Our whole budget, <laughs> our entire <laughs> Indel budget is fully gone. So that yeah. actually reminds me Indel Insiders, uh, we spent all of our money on this very <laughs> high end phone. But if you could, uh, Indel Insiders, you can contribute monthly partnership, join the movement, join what we're doing to bring um, Bible teaching to young people. Uh, you can go to indow.ca. You can give $5, 10 20 whatever it is uh, you feel comfortable with, a monthly partnership. You get 20% off the store, which if you look at what Brendan's wearing, that's the new swag right there. Uh, we have new merch. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you get 20% off the store. You get a scripture calendar. You get some exclusive content uh, sent to your email. So if you want to do that, that would be a huge blessing to us, and we hope we can also bless you as well. But on that note, 
Let's do this fancy phone and see if it works. Yeah, give it a ring. I'm actually kind of nervous right now. Let's see if this, uh, let's see if this works. <laughs> Did he call 911? 912. It was 312. 912. Oh. It's an emergency. It's actually ringing. Okay. I can show you from scripture what wiped out the dinosaur so you hang on this is going to be fascinating wait a minute hang on one second i've got a very important phone call coming in oh yeah i've got to take this just hang on hello hey dr john y yeah andrew yeah, andrew it, yes andrew from the endowed show yes yeah uh we just have some questions uh on the endowed show we're wondering is it possible for you to maybe swing by and answer some of our questions well i i you know i I, I know my boss has told me I'll get this done, but no, no, for you, Andrew, I'll do it. Yes, exactly as you say. Even if it costs me my job, I'll be there. Um, okay, thank you. How, what, what do you think your estimated time of getting here? I'm not sure, but I, I, I'll do it as best as fast as I can. So just hang in there, wait for me. Um, even if I'm a little bit delayed, I'm, I'm going there as fast as I can. Thank you so much. Wow, that's amazing. Thank you. We'll see, we'll see you soon. Okay, bye. Wow, that must be really important. Hey, hey Andrew, how wow. you doing? Good to see you. Yeah. Grab a seat. That's amazing. Thank wow. you. Grab your headphones and yeah, uh, we'll talk about some pretty important things. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Can't believe that worked. This is this is just this this is a good investment. Endowed Insiders, yep. thank you for your contributions. This is fantastic. <laughs> uh, and you were going to give a great theological. Uh. <laughs> I wasn't really, right? <laughs> hey, honestly, uh, I mean it when I said it uh, before that you are my favorite Bible teacher. And Thank you. you have been Thank so you, faithful Andy. to Scripture. You've been so faithful to the text. Um, yeah. And I've said very little about dinosaurs, actually. Yeah, that's true. That's actually true. But, uh, but uh, honestly, I'm so grateful for your time. Thank you for coming here. Yeah. I know that you have a new book coming out in the new year. Yeah. And uh, it's on this topic of God's providence, and it's called In All Things. Yeah. And so uh, maybe before we even dive into the, some of the, the depth of all of this theology, because I know a lot of people talk about this, and there's a lot of people on both camps, um, what is the definition of providence? I'm going to give you a roundabout one first, then sure. maybe we'll go for a you know, one-sentence thing. Sure. But let me say roundabout that Colossians 1 teaches us that Christ is before all things, and it says, in him... All things, now all things has to be understood in the broadest possible terms. In him, all things hold together. Hmm. That is, there is not one thing that exists that not only did Christ not create, but that it continues to exist moment by moment because he wills that it should do so. Hmm. So in other words, the, uh, the earth continues to spin around the sun because Christ moment by moment wills that it should so that if he were at any one point in time to simply nod his head, the earth would no longer exist. And so that's what we're actually saying. So when we say those things, um, we actually mean that everything that exists exists because of the permission and because of the will mm -hmm. of Christ who formed it and directs its course. I got a quote here, okay. and it's from, uh, from Charles Spurgeon, one of the great English-speaking preachers. He was preaching then on Ezekiel chapter 1, and here's what he said. 
I believe that every particle of dust that dances in the sunbeam does not move an atom more or less than God wishes. That every particle of spray that dashes against the steamboat, his day, has its orbit as well as the sun in the heavens, that the chaff from the hand of the winnower is steered as the stars in their courses. The creeping of an aphid over the rosebud is as much fixed as the march of a devastating pestilence. The fall of leaves from a poplar is fully ordained as the tumbling of an avalanche. (sighs) So the idea that providence is, is that God controls all things and that he is meticulously Mm -hmm. sovereign, not just in the big grand things, but in the incidental little things, and that all things are governed by him. And I'll give you a number of reasons for that, but that's essentially what we're saying. Christ is the creator of all, that he sustains everything, and that he directs the course of everything. That's what we mean by providence. And then we have to add to that something for Christians, and that is this. The providence towards those who call the name of Christ is a kind providence. Mm-hmm. Mm. So Romans eight twenty eight, God causes all things to work together for good. Now, all things is meant, again, in the broadest possible terms, right? Mm-hmm. All things according to his will. And so it is done according to his will and our long-term good as well. So, wow. Yeah. Wow, that's so good. And obviously, just life-changing if you... If you understand this, what is the impact that happens in a life? Well, Paul said to the Athenian philosophers, in him we live and we move and we have our being. That is, I've never been outside of the direct will of God. And Hmm. Andrew, if I might, just the whole issue of miracles. See, there are some people, and in their theology, they say, you know, when a miracle happens, they use words like this, God showed up. Yeah, I've heard that a lot. Yeah, God showed up, right? So the... C.S. Lewis, in his book, Miracles, a book I take umbrance with, I don't agree. Mm. Uh, Lewis says that a miracle is very much like a, a pool table. So let's say that it's a slade bed table. You know, it's absolutely flat. The cushions are completely predictable. I mean, it's as good a pool table as you can find. You know that if you're going to bank a ball off the, you know, off the side pocket, it's going to go into the corner every single time mm-hmm. if the angle is right, mm-hmm. says Lewis. And so he argues that's just simply natural causation. Mm-hmm. But if somebody reaches in their hand and catches the pool ball and it doesn't go in the table, well, a force from the outside has entered in. And says Lewis, that's what a miracle is. You have the natural forces of nature. We simply say the rules of science or however we want to say that. And they function according to you know predictable patterns. And a miracle is when God reaches in the the supernatural reaches into the nature, the natural. And, and intervenes. And intervenes. Mm-hmm. So that's what a miracle is. So, But that view of things assumes that nature functions on its own. Mm. It's kind of like... Interesting. You know, that it, you know, it's kind of like the, the, the old deist that was a philosophy. And then in their day, you would wind up a, a watch, you know, so you had a spring in it. So they would argue that God wound up nature. You know, he creates nature, creates the rules of nature, and now they're just ticking down. Mm-hmm. And he just watches it and does nothing to it. But Lewis says, yes, but when a miracle happens, he does intervene. Hmm. People who hold to sovereignty, uh, to hold to meticulous sovereignty, the providence of God in all things, will say, no, no, no. There's never one thing that happens in nature. Even those predictable things that scientists discover those things are held into 
place because God wills them to exist that way. And the fact that they're predictable, well, that speaks of the of the character of God. He's faithful in all things. Mm. He doesn't wake up in a bad mood and the sun doesn't rise this morning, yeah, right? Yeah. He's always faithful. He always is predictable. His righteousness can be counted on. Wow. And that's why nature behaves as it does mm. because of the consistency of God. So the book Miracles that you're talking about and that theology would be more of like the set it and forget it where God just kind of creates... Yeah, I mean, I don't think that's what Lewis was after. I mean, you know, Lewis had a different theology than that, but I think he makes a mistake here. Yeah, yeah. So a a miracle, we might say, is an unusual action of God, Mm -hmm. you see. And so sometimes God does not act in these predictable fashions that we can observe Mm -hmm. day in and day out. But the point I guess I'm trying to make is that there is never a moment in our lives, never a moment when we are not interacting with the hand of God. Yeah. So instead of saying, oh, wow, God showed up, we're saying, no, no, God is here. God has always, always showed up. In him, we live and we move and have our being. Yeah. I mean, there is never a moment you've not been in the direct yeah. presence of God where God has not been acting on your life. Yeah, mm. yeah, that's huge. Yeah. That's huge. And, and I wonder, like, you know, when you think of tragedy, mm-hmm. when you think of hardship, when you think of all the fires that have happened or climate change, global warming, whatever, all these different things that are mm-hmm. happening, um, how do we... Uh, reconcile that or what's some wisdom you can give us to kind of help those who are really struggling with health or, you know, situations like tragedy? I mean, it's, it, uh, that's a huge question. It's huge. Um, maybe, however, the way in which we approach the question is helpful. Mm. So uh, many of us think that, listen, God owes me good in this life. Mm. I'm not getting the good that I'm owed. And therefore, I mean, how can we possibly explain that God is not serving up the good that I should be getting. I mean, God, how do you justify yourself is basically Mm. sometimes behind some of our questions. But when you start to read the book of Romans, which is really Christianity 101. So the whole thing starts by the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all mankind who deny the truth of God. And God is provoked because of our denial of him. And, And in reality, we can begin by saying that some of the horrible things that we encounter in this world is there are there is in this world i would say um foretastes little bits of heaven and hell that we are already beginning to <laughs> experience now mm-hmm. the, the devastating things remind us that our hope is not in this world yeah mm-hmm. that's good and the wonderful things remind us that if there's any good it comes directly from the hand of god mm-hmm. so you know i mean i think we can look at some of that i'm not going to answer all the details about why yeah. There's been a season of fires, yeah. although, although I might say, well, as a matter of fact, in the turn of the century, we probably had way more fires than we have now. Yeah. Uh, the f- turn of the 20th century, yeah. I should say. Yeah. Um, so the reality is, I mean, there's a cyclical pattern that does happen, mm-hmm. and God governs the world in this fashion. The forests renew themselves in this fashion, and now we as human beings are building our houses closer to fire zones all the time and closer are wondering what, what's going yeah, on. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, I lost exactly. my house. Like, well, you yeah. built it in the forest. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a whole yeah. story about fires, but yeah. you, you know that doesn't yet answer the story about disease that people yeah. face. I mean, the reality is that this world reminds us that it's temporary. Mm-hmm. And God has deliberately designed it that way so that we would not feel comfortable here, but designed it in a way that we would seek God, seek his mercy, and want to be reconciled to him. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's very much a part of the gospel. Wow, huge. That's a that's a good way. So switching our perspective and our approach to the question. I, yes, I mm. think so. Yeah, mm. yeah. 
So why don't we talk about some opposing views of, um, you know, this theology of mm-hmm. meticulously sovereign, unpack them, yep. and then just reiterate where you stand and maybe give us some of the biblical, um, you know, references to help us understand that. Yeah, sure. I mean, one of the reasons why people have difficulty with what I've just said, and I haven't yet, you know, <laughs> shown you scripture passage after scripture passage yeah. that actually says that. Yes, this right? will be very helpful for us. Well, maybe we should start there. Yeah, right? let's do it. Let's do that. I mean, I, I just listed a bunch of them here yeah. that just talk about that. Um, here's Psalm twenty-two, twenty-eight: Kingship belongs to the Lord and he rules over all the nations. He's the king, rules over everything, right? Um, in terms of world leaders, uh, Romans 13, there is no authority except from God. That is, every single person who rules a nation was given permission and its direction came from God. Um, so we have all of that. Um, how about this one from Psalm 139? Um, David says, your eyes saw my unformed substance. He's talking about when he's being formed, knit together in his mother's womb. And he says, at the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. That is, God formed those days when there was not yet one. Uh, Jeremiah says the same thing. I mean, before I came into being, you already knew me, and that he knew all his days, and uh, you know all of that. Um, so I, there are other passages in Scripture too that talk simply about um, you know when the mountain goats uh, give yeah. birth. Yes. God causes them to give birth. Yeah. So we say, well, that's just a scientific Even going principle. through Job, like when you go yes. through Job and you hear his response, it's like, wow, like every single detail. He, especially the, the idea of all of nature yeah. following God's design. Yeah. And uh, so if that's true, then we already know from, let's say, uh, how about human beings, uh, Romans chapter 11, where uh, God says of Pharaoh, uh, that I raised you up for this very purpose, that I might display wow. my power in you, that when I devastated you in front of the whole watching world, people would know there's no power but God's. Mm. I raised you up for this. I, I prepared you for this role of destruction. Yeah. Um, wow. So, um, you know, there, there, are, there are many passages that speak about meticulous sovereignty. The overwhelming nature of them, you know, mm-hmm. is d- does disaster come to the city unless the Lord has caused it? Yeah. You know, I mean, all these are passages of scripture that mm-hmm. overwhelmingly state time and again. And that's what I've basically done in my book. A large part of the book is just simply quoting scripture yeah. that people don't seem to pay attention to yeah. mm-hmm. and recognize how God is involved in everything. Yeah, it's so easy to read some of these passages and you just kind of read quickly in your devotions and you don't actually yeah. stop to say, whoa, what did I just read? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like the weight of some of these passages. Well, 1 Samuel 2.25, let me try this. But they would not listen. That is, Eli's sons, you know, they were rebellious. Mm -hmm. They would not listen to the voice of their father, for it was the will of the Lord to put them to death. Mm. You know, I mean, how many times do we pay attention to that kind of stuff? Yeah. Um, I mean, when Moses in Exodus chapter 3 is standing in front of the burning bush, and God says, I'm sending you to Egypt. And Moses says, I'm really a bad speaker. I mean, you got the wrong guy, God, because I stumble and everything else and I don't make good speeches. And then I, nobody listens to me, right? And so God says, who makes man's mouth? Who makes him speaking or who makes him dumb? Who makes his eyes seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Mm. So God takes credit for that. I mean, we spend so much time in theology trying to make excuses for God mm-hmm. and excuses mm. for the God who doesn't make excuses for mm, himself. Wow. So, you know, I'm just 
Now, I haven't yet given you all the reasons. I mean, how do we still hold to a loving God when we have passages? But let's not avoid these passages because they are overwhelmingly abundant in the scripture. Yeah. There's not just a one found here and one found there. There yeah. are there are hundreds of them. Yeah, sprinkled mm. throughout, beginning yeah. to end. Yeah, you can't avoid it. Yep. Kind of like what you were saying, Chris. It's like, you know, if you read your Bible, it's very hard to avoid this truth. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, so there are opposing views. Yep. There are people who think uh, they read that and they don't agree. Well, often they don't agree because they think it makes God into an ogre and into a worker of evil. I mean, God has lightened him. There's no darkness at all. I mean, God does not sin. Does this not make God the author of sin, they say? Mm. And we cannot hold to a view of God in which he does evil, which is true. We cannot. So, I mean, I, I think that's the the major objection against this. Okay. So it's much more a philosophical objection mm-hmm. that finds it difficult to do that. Um, so, um, and then the other, I think, objection is the one that, uh, Brandon, you already raised before I got here from that far distant place. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that know? long commute. <laughs> that long commute that yeah. I had. Yeah, so, so, and it's the question of, you know, it, it, free will, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you said, you know, where's the level of our free will? Mm -hmm. And so the free will objection is often there and Mm -hmm. says, well, if this view is true, does it not make our free will look like an illusion? Hmm. And that's that's the question. And it has to be answered. That's a huge question. Should we go there? I think we need to go there because I I feel like, you know, okay, so John MacArthur mentions once uh, when he was talking about providence and God's sovereignty, he said, okay, well, who wrote the book of Romans? Uh, Michelle and I were just talking about this the other day. Who who wrote the book of Romans? And he said, "Okay, well, you know, the Holy like the Holy Spirit inspired. God wrote these words. Yes. But then who else was a part of it? Well, Paul. So it's Paul, and mm. so it's like a it's a blend. So people just I just wonder with the free will and God's, you know, how does that? It's it's really hard to comprehend. Well, Paul but, Paul didn't understand it either." Yet not I. It's like, was it him that's like, I'm doing the work, but it's actually the Holy Spirit sanctifying me. It's like a, it's a really tough. Yeah. I think the first question that we need to ask when we ask the question of free will is, what exactly do we mean when we say free will? Okay, that's a good question. Yeah, so that, that, Because we all think we know, and yet we're making some assumptions that yeah. I, I'm going to think we have to really unpack for a yeah. moment. So let me give you the most basic definition of free will. And that is free will is the ability to do whatever you want. Yeah, makes sense. You say, well, what other definition could there be? Well, there are people that argue, and that is more on the Arminian side. They will argue that free will is also the ability to do what you don't want. Okay. Mm. Now you stop for a moment. You say, wait a minute, what are we talking about? Well, hang with me. So... People like me say, oh, no, 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 you cannot do what you don't want. You can only do what you do want. So if okay, I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around this. Right. Right. <laughs> okay. So let's say you, you, know, you, you hate a given action and, okay. you, and you love its opposite. Mm-hmm. Um, the question is, could you do that which you hated? And some people say, well, yes, I could have. And of course, there's no way of testing that. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to say that the biblical argument goes like this, that we act out of the abundance of our heart. Mm-hmm. So before salvation, uh, we act in unrighteous ways. 
Um, in fact, one of the reasons why the world is not more sinful than it actually is is because there is something called common grace. Mm. And common grace means that God holds at bay our greatest impulses, our sinful impulses, and stops us from doing things. In other words, the question for me has never been, why is the world as evil as it is? My question is often, why is it not more evil? Because mm. we only do that which our hearts dictate. And when we are in sin, when we are the children of Adam who have fallen from grace, when our hearts have rebelled against God, we do those things that are hateful to God by nature. Mm -hmm. That's what scripture teaches. But do we do them freely because our hearts dictate that? Now, here's the question, Andrew. Could you kill somebody? I mean, technically, yes. Ah, but could you bring yourself to the point where you'd actually be so furiously angry that you delight in doing it? And I'm gonna answer it for you, and the answer is, yes, you could. Mm. Now, as it stands today, probably not. But God could change all the circumstances on the outside of your life, and so excite emotions that you didn't realize existed inside you. And those emotions, if they were not bridled by God, would bubble up and lead to the vilest form of sin that you could possibly imagine. That's there for all of us. Now, if that happened, if God changed the external situation for us, uh, would we then still be acting freely? And the answer is yes, we would. You see, mm. I mean, you and I live in this world where there's abundance, there's food on the shelf. Um, you know, there's, um, you know, <laughs> we have so many yeah. things that other generations did not have. I love to tell this story that years ago, uh, when I was in Burnaby, uh, we had a uh, boil water advisory because a bunch of silt had flown into the the big reservoir. And then because this, uh, because it, the, the water came out cloudy and so you had to boil your water and put it through a coffee filter, and then it was perfectly fine to drink. But it took some process. So at Costco... There was a run on bottled water hmm. and everyone was buying it like crazy. They're buying it by the cart and they were cleaning out Costco of water and the last little bit left for fist fights on the floor at Costco. There was blood on the floor and it was all over an inconvenience. I'm telling you, Andrew, what's in the human heart, yeah. what's possible for all of us when we're inconvenienced or more so when we're suffering, all of that uh, leads us to make choices freely. And those choices are made because those are the things that our hearts delight in. That's what free will is. We do what our hearts delight in. God can change the external situation so that the worst of impulses are kept from us. Hmm. So we're still acting freely in all cases. In the case of Pharaoh, but he was a guy that from young on had won every single foot race he had ever run. We know this from history. Wins all the horse races. He was nothing but a winner and he was good looking and all the gals loved this guy. He never knew second best in his life until he met Moses. Hmm. This guy who was from the slave God and telling him what to do and calling plagues on Egypt and his heart becomes hard. And the Bible says two things. It says, he hardened his heart. But it also says, God hardened his mm -hmm. heart. God changed the external situation. And Pharaoh chose freely to rebel against the true and living God. Hmm. So I'm going to say, meticulous sovereignty and uh, providence over all things and human free will, 
those things coexist together. Wow. I wouldn't put them on a category like you had been saying, Brendan, mm-hmm. you know, where do you put it this far? We are fully free yeah. and God is fully providential in all things. Yeah. But wow. in the end of the day, God's providence always wins. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just for the record, that's how I would view it. Yeah, that yeah, for sure. Le- you were just talking. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I understand. No, I know. You were just talking about some people who kind of yeah, yeah, do yeah. that to yeah, kind yeah. of try yeah. to yeah. you know describe it. And that was in more in regards to salvation, anyway. So, right. Yeah. Right. But salvation is a great point. Case in point. Mm-hmm. I mean, the reality is, God so arranged it that I should hear the gospel. Mm. The Holy Spirit. So came to my heart. Now, by the way, that's the only time I'm going to say when we're saved, that's the only time God overrules our free will. Exactly, yeah. My free will says, I want to hate God to my dying day. I want to rebel against everything that belongs to God. Yes. I want to shake my fist against heaven and say, not your will, but mine be done. That's what I wanted all throughout yeah. my life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the one moment. Um, and then where, yeah. then God said, through the Holy Spirit, I'm canceling that commitment. Wow. Mm-hmm. And I'm putting a new heart in you. He gives me the new birth. Yeah. And in consequent, I now desire the things of Jesus. And I have a new heart. Yeah. So I'm still doing now, after my conversion, what I truly love. And now what I truly love mm-hmm. is I love to give glory to Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So it's the one moment in our lives Absolutely. where he says, nope, I'm intervening. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So beautiful. Yeah. I mean, that's why salvation is all of God. Right? Yeah. 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 Nothing to do with us. Yeah. I mean, all I can do is spend all of eternity thanking God for his grace. I mean, had it not been grace, oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Um, so are there like a, a specific kind of titles for the different camps? Um, well, I mean, I you know, I don't know how many different camps there are. I mean, yeah. basically, um, there uh, there is a viewpoint it's yeah. a spectrum. that that there is <laughs> yeah, there is a viewpoint that here in this realm, this category, this is what God controls, and here's this other realm out there that God doesn't control, right. in which stuff just happens. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. um, and uh, so you know, we can say, I mean, you know, why you know why did this bad thing happen? Whatever that bad thing is, and sometimes that bad thing is intensely sorrowful. And we simply say, well, God had nothing to do with that. Mm. Um, but listen, if there is a realm out there that God has nothing to do with, scary, mm. it's a scary thought. That, that I think, that's exactly right. That, that, yeah. that thought is, is frightening. That yeah. means yeah. that I can't take hope in the promises of God because I could be outside of those promises. Wow, mm. yeah. And I don't know what's gonna happen to me out there. And bad things could happen. Um, I still remember a conversation I had uh, with a woman some time ago, and she she had Huntington's Korea, mm. and uh, it's it you know, simply incurable, and uh, it eventually means that you know it's a neurological disease. They're all bad, and in the end, you simply you you, you know it's, it's, it leads to a miserable death. And yeah. she was on the pathway. She said, um, "I want to know if this is of God." I mean, she's staring across the table at me. Mm. And I thought, how do I answer this right now? And she said, I don't want you to dilly-dally around. Tell me Mm. if God, I said, listen, God is in this too. Mm. And she said, I'm so thankful because if this wasn't of God, I don't know how I could live with this. Mm. Wow. Actually, I shared that story because you had shared that story with me and I actually shared it on this show. And there was another person that you had a conversation with, I think another man who had the opposite view. Do you want to share that? Yeah, this is is an individual who had lost his son. It was a tragic accident. Mm 
And uh, he asked the same question. He said, if that's true, I want nothing to do with God. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, and, and it is a perspective issue. Mm-hmm. It's a perspective issue and that is, after I have come to Christ, is God's providence a kind providence? Mm. And, uh, you know, I look, Romans eight twenty eight. God causes all things to work together for good to those who love him. I, I must say that if I go through the worst tragedy and, and oh God, have mercy. Mm. But if I should go through the worst tragedy tomorrow, that I would have to say that the only reason the tragedy has come is because a God who looks and sees the long-term, the eternal view, mm-hmm. says, this is what John Newfeld needs for the best possible, most joyful eternity imaginable. Mm. And were it not for this, I would be withholding from him what he needs most. Mm. And somewhere, I think that's where mm. faith, and it becomes very personal. It doesn't become just theological stuff we debate about. Yeah. It just becomes very personal. As I'm going through something that's difficult, hard, brings tears to my eyes, things that I can't explain and I won't be able to in this mm-hmm. world, can I still relax and say, were it not for God's graciousness and his compassion, um, this is why this has occurred. Mm. And I think somehow we have to find our way there mm-hmm. in order to be people of faith. Yeah. Oh, man. This is so good. I have some uh, very impactful quotes from this new book that ah. comes out earlier, uh, early next year. The doctrine of providence is an invitation to reinterpret virtually everything we experience. To put it another way, if one accepts the doctrine of providence, one will see the hand of God in each moment and in every circumstance and will never experience life the same way again. Indeed, God will never seem far away again. Mm. Yeah, he's... That's great. God has never been silent. Mm. I've been deaf. Yeah. God has never been absent, you know. That's so good. I've been blind. Yeah. Um, but he was always there. And the wonderful thing about God is his speaking God. Mm. And his children only learned. I mean, you know, just think, Andrew, every single encounter, that was an encounter arranged by God. Did you realize it? Mm. Did you take advantage of it? You know, all these things we can ask. So I never run across somebody by accident. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, God arranges all things. So the word luck has disappeared from my, you know, and, you know <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah. gone. He doesn't right? need lucky charms anymore. Sovereign <laughs> charms. <laughs> no, charms are bad too, actually. Sovereign Cere- marshmallows. Sovereign, <laughs> sovereign cereal. Yeah. Sovereign cereal. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. yeah um, but then to see God, that's, that's. Yeah. Amazing, yeah. And so what would you say to uh, young people who, you know, who, who struggle to hear a speaking God? Um, or to see him. Hmm. Many many times we want to hear God on our terms and understand he's God, we're not. Yeah. He directs the relationship, we don't. Yeah. So we have to respond to the way in which he communicates. And so, of course, we need to hear the communication of God first in Scripture. Read your Bible, my yeah. goodness gracious. Yeah. Learn to develop a discipline around that yes. stuff. So do that. And, and out of that, begin to open your eyes and see God directing all things. And you begin to see a universe charged with the glory of God. Wow. I remember leading a gal to the, the Lord. And uh, the next day she said to me, she had, a, she had a road that she drove to work every day. And it was kind of like some marshlands. And, and there were always birds up there. And she said, um, you know, the birds, you, know, they were, you always see them rising in the morning as the sun came up, right? She said, I never knew till the day after I came to Christ, and I was driving that same roadway. Those were God's birds. And he had caused them to rise at this moment. 
And she said, I was seeing his glory in front of me. And see, this transformation has to happen. For if we don't have it happen, we're going to live godless lives. Yeah. Yeah. So be in the word. That's a place where he speaks. And, and then have a look around. And just look around. <laughs> yeah, you just so have to put... Open your eyes. Open your eyes. And you, you just have to take off the glasses that maybe you've been wearing and have this fresh perspective yeah. of this reality that God is meticulously sovereign. Mm. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. That's so good. It is good, and, isn't and, it? Yeah. It's so good. I mean, that's the biblical viewpoint, right? I know. Mm-hmm. I know just the fact is that we've grown up in this secular culture, right? Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, we tend to think, you know, God is far away and, and we never encounter God unless something really unusual happens. Mm. Maybe that was God, right? Yep. And I mean, that's how secular people think. Mm-hmm. And it has to be something massive. So, so we need the Bible to open our eyes to see what's really going on in the world. Mm-hmm. And what's going on is so much different than we thought was mm-hmm. going on. Yeah. 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 Such a good perspective. I mean, like we've been having some, you know, family health stuff and it's just when you think of it in this perspective just the amount of peace that floods into my mind and my heart compared to oh no what's going on you just feel like you're Mm -hmm. out of like when you were talking about like these two realms and it's like how dangerous and terrible and it would be if you were actually in a realm where god wasn't present yeah sometimes you just automatically think oh no i'm just so far or he's stopped paying attention never the case yeah Never yeah. the case. I've never, heard a lot never. of never. Yeah, I've heard a lot of preachers say like God didn't cause this. I'm like, what? What? What did? Like, <laughs> yeah. how do I? Yeah. What do you mean? Like, he's not in this? Like, is this not? Well, maybe this leads us to the question of evil. Right? Yeah, yeah. So God is never the author of evil. So we have to ask ourselves, what in fact is evil? And and evil is. I mean, Augustine, the great theologian, you know, uh, taught us from the fourth century, taught us that that evil is not a thing in and of itself, it is the absence of things, the absence of good. Mm. Um, we can also say that, uh, you know, we can say, uh, you intended, as Joseph said in, in Genesis 50, verse 20, he, uh, Joseph says to his brothers, you intended it for evil, God intended it for good. So what is he talking about? Mm. Well, Joseph's brothers grabbed the guy, tied him up, chuck him in a pit, said, let's murder him, and then somebody said, well, hey, a minute, we can make some money off the guy. You know, there's some slave traders going by. Let's... Joseph said, God intended this. Now, I don't know. I mean, sometimes, you know, if you trip up over the word cause, yeah. I'm happy to, you know, to back off on that word and say, yet, but God allows, and I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. But I will simply say that God allows it with intention. Yeah, mm. yeah. So God allows with intention. So at every point in time, God was controlling that situation, allowing the evil excesses of the hearts of Joseph's 10 brothers to sell him into slavery, to do great evil, not only against them, but against their own dad. Mm -hmm. And God intended that because in the end of the day, many lives are going to be saved. And had it not been for that horribly evil event, such great good could not have occurred. Mm -hmm. And unless we have a worldview that allows for that, then we simply see random stuff say, happening and God saying, well, you know, I mean, I, you know, I got free will and people, you know, as if God's not in control of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So in fact, that's not what's actually happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, the eye of faith sees that God has greater purposes. Now, those greater purposes are promised 
to those who are chosen by Christ. If we're outside of the covenant, if we won't get peace with God, if we resist mm. his purposes, you know, at that point in time, well, you and I know what happens. I mean, then God will use his, his great sovereignty, not for our long-term good, but he will use it. As Jonathan Edwards says, if you live to be 90 years old, you've been accumulating your sins Mm. and the penalty for your sins continues to rise and you're not going to see your long life as such a great thing in the end mm. because you, you know, you've accumulated sin. So you know, all those things that happen to us are not for our good, but they are for ultimate damnation. I mean, that is the reality of the gospel. Gospel is rescue, rescue from that which is happening, right? Yeah. I love like kind of going through Joseph's story as a kind of a case study. Uh, what about the story of Job? So we see evil. Yep. We see God in control, though, yep. you know, even allowing the devil to intervene. Mm-hmm. So, and you, how, how do you kind of walk us through that case well, study? Yes, it's an interesting story because, you know, Job is righteous. He's presented that way, not sinless, but that he acts, he's a born again man. He acts in accordance with the principles of God. He wakes up in the morning, he commits his kids to the Lord. I mean, all these kind of things. He lives in such a way. I mean, he even says later, I've never even looked at a woman lustfully with my eyes, right? He, I mean, he controls himself and wants to live according to the precepts of God. So you're making a distinction, though, between he was righteous, not sinless. No, he's got sins. Yeah, yeah. He's got sins. Yeah. So he's, yeah, okay, a righteous man, not he's a, a righteous sinless man. man. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. yeah, we play that for a while, but yeah, that's I a know, good one. It's, just, it's a good thing to yeah. you know, be aware of. Yeah. I mean, David talks that way in many of the Psalms. Yeah. You know, I've kept my hands clean. You say, well, David... You know, did so he, you though? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. But on the other hand, he was confessing his sins. Yeah, I mean, we, a lot of things. Yeah. Nonetheless, Job. Then we, we're supposed to understand that when the suffering happened in Job's life, it was not as a result of punishment yeah. for some bad thing that he was doing. And in fact, we find out that Satan has been noticing him. I mean, he's one of the greatest men in the world at the time. And he's looked at this righteous man who lives righteously and influences others and says, you know, I mean, look at his charmed life. And, and, uh, and so in the end, we find out that Satan ends up being the unwilling servant of God, mm. right? So all of his thrashing against God. So he's going to curse Job and he does. And Job loses his health and he loses his family. And uh, his friends now are accusations and, uh, you know, individuals no longer look at him with respect. He says that, mm-hmm. you know, he used to, people would rise in his presence. Now they didn't give him the time of day. I mean, he looks awful. His, his health is just, you know, every bit of status he's had mm-hmm. has been stripped away. Yeah. And to the point where even though Job doesn't curse God, he does curse the day of his birth. And he does begin to say things that sound very much close to the line. Interesting. And uh, so in the, you know, I mean, going to the very end, I mean, God finally intervenes and says, Job, you seem to know all things. Where were you when I laid the foundations Mm. of the earth? Tell me if you understand. You know, are you the one that causes the mountain goats to give birth? And, you know, do you do all those things? I mean, this wisdom that you think you have, Mm -hmm. perhaps you need to get humble and confess that my wisdom is complete. And maybe I'm not telling you all the reasons for your suffering now, and maybe it's none of your business now, but to simply content yourself with that the altogether wise and loving God is caring for you. And I think that's the message of Job. It doesn't give us the answer to Job's suffering. It simply invites us to consider the wisdom of God over ours. Yeah. 
Huge. Yeah, it's huge. We talked about Joe before in season one because we just said, you know, he took out the family and took out the, everything and livestock, but didn't take his wife. <laughs> well, in that, you know, see, she must have been a piece of work. <laughs> she was a piece of work because she says, curse God curse and God. die. Curse yeah. God and die. Yep. Yeah. So Satan's probably just saying, like, oh, my wife's still there. Oh, leave her. <laughs> She's a part of my plan. That's it. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what uh, I'm so excited for this book that comes out. It comes out in the new year, and I think it's, it's a very important topic because if you understand this theology, your life will be radically changed. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I know it changed for mine as well. And uh, just in like my context of my church, uh, it's interesting like watching like students and like youth like kind of wrap their heads around it because man their theology sometimes can be so riddled with like oh I didn't experience God in this worship moment it's like that's like man such like a limited yeah. view of God yeah it's like he's in all things he's always with you mm-hmm. he's always speaking he's so yeah. yeah I don't know if you have any comments on that, that well I yeah. would and I yeah. would say of that thing you know I would say isn't it amazing that you need to feel that your your experience will somehow determine whether or not God is there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how limiting of God could that be? I mean, you really yeah. ought to get on your knees and repent yeah. of that theology. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah but they're young. <laughs> like, I, yeah. Listen, I was there, so yeah. I want to say that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. We've all experienced that as we were kind of yeah. growing in our journeys. Yeah. But yeah. it's just an important, if they're watching, it's important to know, hey, don't limit to that, like, that yeah. experiential, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God's not present. Yeah. Um, well, this has been this has been really helpful for me. I feel like uh, I'm just, you know, you're reminding my soul today. Uh, yeah. That every single detail of my life is uh, is orchestrated and in God's care and in His hands. Yeah. And my eyes are starting to tear up at when He was gone. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like Twenty yeah. minutes ago, yeah. I was like, "Oh man, it's so good." And it's just like it's just a life change. Yeah. It just yeah. gives me like I just I can't even explain the sense of peace mm-hmm. when you just know, oh man, I am not. He is not absent. And I love how you said it. It's like you know, we He's never been absent. We've just been blind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. Let me add something. So at you know we were talking before we started this. You know, at at my stage in life, where I'm, you know, I'm seeing old age before me, yeah, and uh, I'm seeing, of course, with old age comes death, and uh, with the collapsing of my health and all that kind of thing. I mean, by God's grace, my health's been good, mm-hmm. uh, but I never know when those days end. But this certainty that the day of my death is already set in God's timetable; He has determined it, and furthermore, that for a believer. Um, the Lord views the death of his godly ones as a sacred moment. Mm. Mm. So you stop fearing the horror that, you know, the, the breaking down of health, if that's what's before me. I stop fearing that, but saying God has determined even this. Mm-hmm. So whatever stage of life we're at, you know, you're, you know, you're young, you want to, you know, you're saying, I mean, is there the right partner to live my life with? You know, I mean, can I find that person? Relax recognize that God will not lead you astray, walk within his pathways, recognize that he has the very best for you, he has an individual pathway determined for you, and he's working out those purposes. Read your Bible, look around, see what God is doing, become confident in his dealings in your life, mm-hmm. regardless of where you are. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's so good. And I mean, even like the topic on death, like that's for some reason, ever since I was a little kid, that's like a huge fear in my life. Yeah. 
of loved ones and my own death. Yeah. For some reason, it's just like I remember as a kid literally crying every night in bed, yeah. worried about parents or sister or whatever. And uh, you know, Sometimes the fear of death can simply be, um, it, it can be debilitating. And I'm going to say, you know, I mean, I have a fear of heights. Yeah, so do I. Don't like them, you know. Um, it, I mean, if God wanted me to be on heights, he'd have given me wings. I tell this to my wife all the time. <laughs> yeah. She has no difficulty. So at any rate, I, I guess I can stay. You know, I've done this experiment. I've stood at the edge of a sidewalk. You know, it's like maybe a foot up, right? And I put my toes over and say, I'm not in danger of falling down. And yet if I stand on the side of the, you know, the Grand Canyon, I can't do it. Yeah. So I recognize that some of our fears are not rational fears. Yes. However, even if you have a fear of death, and you say, well, I don't know if I can get, you can still say, even over this which I fear, God is still sovereign in this, and his providential care will arrange it such that when I look back on the other side at my death, I will find that this was a sacred moment, and I will thank God for it, for he designed it specifically for me to maximize my joy in eternity. Hmm. I mean, you just say this about everything. I mean, you know, say that about, you know, that young person who's, you know, maybe trying to get into that university program that would give them the career they so desperately want. Say it about that. Say it about everything you face. And it will change your life because God will be in it. So good. I I am very grateful that uh, you're here. I'm very grateful that we bought this phone. Uh, because yeah. if we didn't have this phone, you wouldn't be here. You wouldn't be. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, that's not completely true, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm totally kidding. I'm totally kidding. But uh, this is such a great conversation. I hope you were blessed and I hope you're encouraged. Um, uh, so many things to take away. I almost feel like you maybe rewatch it, take notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a very important conversation and a very important topic that will literally change your life and your focus and your perspective. Um, and I feel like I'm getting a heart transplant. I'm just learning again the significance of this reality. It's easy to read your Bible and miss some of these passages or don't think about the weight of this theology. And um, this is so impactful and so important for us to understand. So I'm grateful that you wrote this book. I can't wait for it to come out. When it comes out, we will let you know and we'll show you resources of how you can get your copy. But uh, thank you so much. For answering our call. <laughs> love to be here. It's a pleasure to be with you. Oh, I love oh, you so yeah. much, man. And uh, Brendan, thank you so much. That was God's, that's actually God's providence too. So fun story. He was supposed to bring a little memory card for us yesterday. Yeah. yeah. And he drove out here and he was like, I forgot the memory card. Well, I was supposed to grab lunch with you. Yeah, that's well, true. It's true. We were having lunch together. Yeah. Uh, and the memory card was a bonus. Yeah. Because yeah. we needed it to record this. And uh, then he's like, I forgot. I was like, oh, I'll bring it tomorrow. What time do you record? Whatever. And then he said, oh, do you, you know third chair. I'm like, we actually don't have anyone right now. So just like, even that, yeah, God yeah. made him forget. And I, I honestly am not even joking <laughs> God, about yeah, that. Yeah, it's not my fault. <laughs> no, it's not my fault. Yeah. But really, God just it like, he, it all worked out for the good. And it's yeah, just like, if yeah. we can just look at every tiny detail yeah. and every major thing with that perspective that God is in control and is just a part of it, uh, man, it is just... Yeah. Especially when things don't work out. Things don't go your way. Yep. Yeah. Especially. Yeah. Yeah, so the kid who doesn't get into the university. Yeah. Or, That's right. Or God, someone who... Or someone God did who, not intend for me to go to this university. Yes. Start seeing it like that. Yeah. 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 Or even um, uh, if you're thinking about like... Well, this is a hard one though, but someone who, you know, they feel called to be married and then it doesn't end up working out. That's right. That's right. That's a tough one. 
It is a tough one. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it, I, I laugh about it often, and maybe I shouldn't, but I laugh about it because you got half the world saying, if only I could be married, and the other half saying, who are married, if only I wouldn't be married. Right? <laughs> and uh, so the, the reality is that there comes with providence, it should happen this way, a deep sense of gratefulness for the circumstances in which I find myself. God might change those circumstances. So the person who wants to get married, that doesn't mean you're never going to get married. Mm -hmm. But even if you never get married, it happened because God, in his meticulous design in your life, wanted you to go through life in this fashion. Yeah. Um, don't thrash away at God. I mean, so much of our life is made miserable because we thrash away at God, shaking our fist at heaven and saying, why have you allowed it this way? Rather than saying to God, you have allowed it this way, teach me to be thankful in all things. Praise mm -hmm. God. Yeah, that's yeah. so good. That's so good. Praise God. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you were encouraged. Uh, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Brendan. Thank you, Chris, Marcus, behind the camera. We love you, buddy. Um, this, is a, this is a good time and a great conversation. We hope you were blessed, and uh, we will see you next week. Have a great week. Thank you.